We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps a tackle. Runs back. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. A little rusty, huh? A little rusty. It's been a, few, it's been a few days since the Rams were eliminated and we, we kind of took a little bit of a break here. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Doing well, excitingly well, considering we're not in the playoffs, but uh, locally doing well. And uh, just, man, ready to talk about this Rams and all the good goings on or maybe not so good goings on. <laughs> I think it depends on perspective. <laughs> no doubt um, about it. You know, it really depends on perspective. There, I mean, there is, I think, some silver linings in some areas here to kind of get into. I think that. It's it's strange to me, Mike, that over the course of the lack of the like you know the last geez two years the Rams have gotten a ton of criticism about their front office moves, and yet their front office just got raided. Right. Maybe they were on the ball about something. Maybe they were. So we have a big show for you. I mean, a ton of stuff here that we want to cover. Jared Goff, the salary cap, the coaches that are gone, just getting, just, I mean, our staff just got destroyed, basically, and I guess we're going to see just how good 
at bringing new young coaches and some more ones as well. Sean McVay and Les Dar. Before we even get into it, folks, gonna ask you to head over to Apple Music. Just a five-star review would be deeply appreciated. And also, before we even go any further, because we, we know once we get talking, sometimes we'll just forget. We would do not ever want to forget our sponsors over at my book. Too much of anything is bad, but too much sports is barely enough. With that in mind, say hello to the new year for an expanded NFL playoffs, the BCS Championship Games, return of the NBA, the NHL. This is truly a great month to be a sports fan. So I always tell people to head on over to my bookie if they want to add a little excitement to the sports they love and the games they bet. We here at Rams Talk Radio don't use my bookie because some corporate overlord told us to. We use them because they are the best. They'll hook you up with a 50% discount bonus up to a thousand bucks when you sign up, and they'll keep the good times rolling giveaways, free bets, and huge contests all year long. It's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code RAMSTALK, and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. Here to my bookie today. And start off the year 2021 on the right foot. This year, bet with the best. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, Bookie. All right, so, Mike, I mean, just getting into it. Right away getting into it. Wow, to our front office. The Lions just had a field day here. Brad Holmes leaves, goes to become the new general manager. He was our director of college scouting. In case you have been living with your head in the sand or not listening to our show at all, the Rams have had an outstanding college scouting department finding just gems in late rounds of drafts. Ray Agnew goes with them to Detroit. And then they take defensive backs coach, oh my goodness, Aubrey Pleasant, who probably is going to be on his way to being defensive coordinator sooner rather than later. Add in Brandon Staley being hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. And then, of course, Shane Waldron today becoming the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks. Mike, holy crap. <laughs> what do you got to say about it? Yeah, it's a lot of movement and a lot in a short time. But if you were to break down each single move, it makes a lot of sense for the other team. I hate to see Aubrey uh, Pleasant go, but I would imagine he was like, guys, let me out of here. You're not ever going to let me be the DC here. So let me move on and go somewhere else because. At the end of the day, you would have thought that uh, 
after and again, I'm just basing this off being able to sit in the meeting rooms with a guy like him and what he was teaching and how he was teaching and how he was connecting with the players. Uh, it would have seemed like he would have been somewhat next man up. So I would imagine he's like, hey, I've played my dues. I stayed through now two quote unquote coaching changes. I would imagine there would maybe some talk that when they brought uh, the new DC in uh, last year, if something ever came up, he he would probably be next in. So I don't know. Did you hear about him even getting an opportunity to interview or? I didn't hear much of anything. It was, yeah. I mean, Raheem Morris is obviously a quality coach, former head coach for the Buccaneers, did a solid job filling in for the Falcons the latter part of the year this year as her head coach. In my view, Raheem Morris won't be here long. He's going to be a head coach again somewhere at some point. I just, I wonder about that. He's, you know, good reputation for him. I just, I'm thinking long-term. I'm wondering if, I just, I'm wondering why, why not? I mean, why not Aubrey Pleasant? He certainly, in my view, earned Earned it. Maybe they felt he wasn't quite ready yet, or he had a Raheem Morris out there who wanted to be there and a guy who would immediately blend in with the staff. I don't know. It's a heck of a question. I also think that when it comes down to the rest of these guys, Brad Holmes being gone, Ray Agnew, the Rams are they're going to be doing they're going to place these guys internally. I mean, that's a giant say you know what right there. I mean. <laughs> That, that is confidence in your staff that you already have there that you feel comfortable replacing Brad Holmes and Ray Agnew internally without bringing anybody else in. They did have Ray Farmer, the former Browns general manager, as a, as a consultant. I guess you know, I would presume he would, come, he would step in and take a role. But uh, that's some big changes in the Rams' organization, and I don't know that it's for the better. Yeah, this, these are the kind of things that we will see in a short period of time because the NFL draft is really upon us. Now the evaluation, a lot more is going into it. Uh, but a good thing is you had a guy like Ray Farmer. He's been in the business. He knows how it goes. Uh, and obviously, if he's been around, I'm sure they know that, hey, man, we can kind of probably just move this guy in. And not that everything is interchangeable parts, but. You know, you would think they've had good minds around them for more than just a month or two. So uh, and long as less need is there and I'm sure, you know, McVeigh and however they have their structure and, and dim off that they kind of have something and maybe they just need someone to maybe. Brainstorm a little more. Let's put some, you know, what are your thoughts? And you go from there, but definitely a lot of changes. And I think we talked about this a little bit the time or two before that these are the other things that when you look at an organization like New England, and I just say that because when you had the run that they had up until this year, even though you had coaches at the high level, coordinators leaving year in and year out, he was able built, you know, Belichick and, you know, their management were able to fill the gaps and kept them just rolling along. So hopefully uh, young McVay, I'm going to say from pedigree that he has would allow them and help them to do the same. Well, I think it's in 
I would think that that's the feeling inside of of their camp there, that they have the guys, they've had the organization in place, and we can't forget that Les Need is the guy who's been running it. He was the one when they brought him over from Atlanta that was the talk, that he's the evaluator he really had the eye for, it. and he's still there, and he overall was in a pretty good job, better job than we originally thought in terms of talent management. For a couple of years, especially in the Jeff Fisher era, the, the questions were all over the place on Les Need. Now as you get a guy who, who kind of melds with in terms of Sean McVay, their drafts have gotten better and better, especially on the defensive side of the football. And I kind of think that that will continue. They'll, they'll bring in new eyes that, that they can kind of groom and, and get into the system. My only concern is that you can't keep having a talent sweep every year, though. Every year now, we're seeing the Rams coaching staff and their front office getting picked apart. And sooner or later, that will catch up to you. You can't, you can't continually replace talent and expect it to stay forever. Even when the Patriots, Mike, were at their peak, we didn't see this mass exodus every year. Now, the last two years now, you know, we've seen coaches gone. And in the previous two before that, we'd see a coach or two gone. Even the Patriots weren't even having that, that much out. So whatever they got going on there in the Rams organization, they figured it out because everybody wants their people. But yeah, and, and you pay the price. Yeah, that's that's so true. Uh, I know my early days when I first got into financial planning, you know, I was with American Express, it was called, then it was Ameriprise. But word on the street was that uh, you could get great trained people because Express, Ameriprise at the time, uh, had what was considered some of the top training. So a lot of... Uh, of us moved on to other places because of that. You know, someone comes calling, get something that's a little bit better for you, and you kind of move on. So absolutely, you the Rams thing is different. You know, I mean, you use you, you might have one guy go, you don't have three or four front office people leave and four or five coaches, and you don't have that in successive years. So yeah, this is a little bit unique. But it's kind of crazy because the the guys that they're taking, yes, are they hot talents? Yes, but are they ready to fulfill those roles in those other places? You know, that's kind of going to be the theme of, yeah, these guys may be kind of young, hot talents, whatever you want to call them. But now can they actually go fill a role as a head coach, as an offense or a defensive coordinator? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm very interested in seeing how they continue to fill these spots in the organization. And it is a, it is a testament like, to the talent they brought in. It's a testament to what they have done in just since 2017. I mean, this, this organization was a laughingstock, an absolute laughingstock. And now every year now, we're seeing our staff get pillaged every year. It's like an invasion. And this is the worst one yet in terms of just sheer talent being taken out of there. But that takes us to where they're going because the Rams right now are like $23 million over the salary cap-ish, <laughs> depending on which source you look to, the, the salary cap. Now, here's the good news. Starting to hear some whispers. And this kind of came across the wire about, you know, about a day ago. 
it was um off of C um SI.coms, Sports Illustrated Coms, a Green Bay site, Packer Central. And Bill Huber over there wrote about that possibly there might not actually be a a cap problem. They might not actually crash the cap this year. And the reason being, believe it or not, is you have 14 teams right now that are over the projected $176 million cap. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this because we deserve a we, Mike, we deserve a pat in the back. Yeah. Because we've talked about this. Come on. You both have said this is ridiculous that in a, in a billion dollar industry, you're going to penalize the teams that have been willing to spend the money right. over a freak thing. Just keep the cap how it is. Well, <clears throat> here we go. Quoting from the article. The Green Bay Packers are among those teams after reach the NFC Championship game for a second consecutive season. They are, pro- they are projected $32 million, $32.1 million over the cap according to OTC. It's over the, the cap.com. That's nothing. The New Orleans Saints are $112.2 million over the cap. Wow. And good luck to the new coaches in Philadelphia and Atlanta, which are 53.5 and 42.3 million over the cap, respectively. Quote, it's going to be a massacre, one agent said. It's going to be star money and young player money and nothing in between, another said, with the expectation that the mid price veteran will go extinct as teams try to, fit, to fill a roster around its highest price stars. Okay. Now, I, I'm not usually into these little fan nation articles. This is actually well written. This is this is journalism quality right here. They, I mean, they got sources in here, and but we talked about this a bit. But they point out some things that we hadn't even gotten into because we were focused solely on the Rams. There are teams like the Saints, 112 over the cap. Why were this? Bear with us here, Mike. Let's let's well, here we go. Let's play a little bit of quiz game here, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Where will be this Batman? Why would teams, as we're looking ahead the next couple of years, why would teams so willingly have gone that far over the salary cap? 32.1, 112.2, 53.5, and for the Rams right now, about 23 mil over the cap. Why on earth would they have done that, Mike? Obviously, they're anticipating there's going to be more money or there's going to be some type of change in the structure of it. Shooky, shooky, here we go. Yeah. What are those changes? Hmm. Aren't we supposed to get a 17th game next year? Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Oh, and didn't they also add another playoff game? Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, oh, yeah. And we have multiple television contracts up after the 2021 seasons, the 2022 season. And the 2023 season. So there is money coming. It's coming down the pike. So for 22-ish, 23 million-ish per team, you're going to basically kill the jobs of your mid-level, mid-level veterans across the league when you've got money coming and you already are billions of dollars in the black? Exactly. Yeah. Um, talk about idiotic. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how you're going to do it. But to your point, these TV contracts and different things, because you got to look at, they were able to somewhat pull it off. We got the Super Bowl coming up. 
But last I saw, Super Bowl tickets at the highest place is now going for like $8,300, 5000 more than what it's been in the past, which is like, wow, people are going to still spend money if they have it in their pocket. And so you think it's a pandemic for some of us and for other of us, if that's a statement word. Uh, so what? I'm going to the Super Bowl. I don't care. Scout tickets, eight, 10 grand. I'm there. So if you can look at those things and anticipate what it may be like next year, again, it'll be the second year. Uh, things look like they should be a lot better by next summer. So it looks like they've proven that a lot of these stadiums, you know, I think they're supposed to have what, at least 20,000 or 40,000 at the Super Bowl. So they've, they're figuring it out. And if you could figure it out in a pandemic, okay, we've been there. Okay, this is how we can now change the structure or whatever, TV commercials, blah, blah, blah. But yes, the TV contract thing is, ooh, maybe we can get in now on the low and kind of renegotiate more years, whatever those things may be. And the next thing you know, that money, here it is. None of it makes sense. Why would you wreck the rosters of teams that have been willing to put the money out to when you're going to be getting money when money is coming down the pike? It doesn't make sense. And so here's what they're saying. The article itself says, multiple agents told Packer Central that they expect the owners and players union to agree to borrow against future caps to smooth over the difference between potential for a dramatically decreased cap in 2021 and the dramatically increased caps in the future. We've talked about this. That's why I felt safe with the Rams making the call with um, Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks because they knew those TV contracts were coming soon. We knew that 17th game was coming soon. We expected a massive jump in the salary cap after this season before COVID because of what we saw coming. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen. But if the league can figure this out, then all of a sudden I'm not as worried about what's coming for this Rams roster as we were before. Right now you can't bring back John Johnson. You can't bring back other players as well. Now maybe you can maybe you can with a little bit of renegotiation. And also, how's this for a perfect segue? Even potentially finding a way for Jared Goff to find a better place to be. I mean, that's that's possible, but they got to do this. If I can't, Mike, I mean, can you think all the mid-level veterans who all of a sudden will have jobs if they don't do this? Well, what you're talking about ultimately is the league going to be willing to, in essence, somewhat ruin some of the, the NFL teams by pulling a trigger like that. They have to figure out how to make it work because their thing is they want competitive balance. Right. So if you have a team under the cap this year and you can now stockpile all these guys because other teams don't have money, either keep their guys or get new guys. Now, the competitive balance is going to swing to maybe a few teams way, which, again, the league doesn't want that. So they'll figure something out to make sure that at the end of the day, competitive balance is still in effect. and you still have the opportunity 
to again make the product, which is football players on the field, still look like the best kept product on TV. And it is generally the best products that are going to pay for it. The Rams, they're, they're $24 million right now. They would have been fine. The Rams were set believing their cap was going to be $10, $15 million higher than it is right now. Not $10 or $15, you know, $20 million lower. So they actually were kind of in the range. The Chiefs are very close. They're 26.2 of the projected calf, uh, cap. If we had a TV contract coming, that cap is probably 213. They're under. So these teams who have invested in winning, all of a sudden, they're paying a price for basically paying their guys. Right. Makes no sense. And one, one other quote from the article, uh, another agent said, um, why, this is what's going to happen. Why go for $175 million in 2021 and then raise it to, two, to $220 million in 2022? doesn't make any sense. Because you would, you would have basically forced all these teams with their veterans to cut them. They'll go somewhere else. Then you're going to have a, a, all these open salary caps in, 2020, in 2022 with a $45 million increased salary cap. Makes no sense. Right. So, right. So, according to that, that agent as well, the the belief is the league owes it to the players because they, hey, they took the risk. They they played through a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I mean, I really have some issues, and I wish in the players' association would kind of would kind of fight for these. Like, and I wish the teams would too. In some ways, you know, this kind of goes back to the original argument I made last year about. And John Johnson, like you develop, you draft this guy, you develop this guy. He's an excellent player, and now you can afford to keep him. There should be an exemption for that in the salary cap, a hometown exemption. Well, you would think so. You would think so, and you would hope so, right? And so you're just kind of looking at this as you're looking at, you know, our players and guys that are coming up. Uh, It's it's going to be interesting to see one what can happen and then what does happen i mean they gotta do better they really do and that takes us to jared goff yeah um because right now goff is taking up a mammoth part of the rams uh salary cap structure he right now is a 34.6 million dollar cap hit next year the bigger problem dead cap Dead cap right now as it sits, uh, if they were to release him pre-June 1st, 65.5 mil. If they, if they trade him pre-June 1st, he is a $22 million cap hit. So it doesn't look like they can really do anything. I mean, doesn't look, in terms of, it doesn't look like it, at least on first glance. You gotta dig deeper into this structure, and then when you look down the post June first, they can split the dead cap hit they would get if they trade him after June first. So six point eight mil in twenty twenty one, fifteen point four mil in twenty twenty two. That's actually going to be okay because that's going to be a TV contract year. We just mentioned that. And they'll have a cap savings of 27 mil. Uh, over, the top, over the cap.com, has a different breakdown of 6.6, 6. 6.8, 6.8, 6.8, spread over three years. Either way, it's workable. 
And so today in press conference, Mike Leslie actually admitted that, yeah, um, it is possible to move Jared Goff. So I kind of wanted to, I wanted to dispel that because if you look all over social media, the same argument keeps getting made. The Rams cannot move Jared Goff. The Rams won't move Jared Goff. We've been down this road. You and I both, we were dead wrong last year. Yeah. We, owned yeah. It. we thought there was no way on earth they would go underwater with Brandon Cooks with his, with his dead cat money. They traded him anyways. They, they would not cut tall girly and take the hit they took. They did it anyways. And they had a better season without him. Lo and behold, who would have thought that? And they, they took their medicine, and now they may do it again. If you're the Rams right now, what do you do? Because there's options, Mike. They can go out there and they can make a move for a Matt Stafford. They can try for a Deshaun Watson. That's going to be that would be harder. Aaron Rodgers may be out there. Or do you try and fix Jared Goff? Yeah, that's 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 going to be the question. But I think. The guys in the house, McVay, Les Need, they, I'm pretty sure at this point, they know what they have or what they don't have. So when you start hearing rumors like, yeah, if he's not let go, he's actually going to have to compete with Walford. Really? Huh. Interesting. But I think if it comes down to that, they're going to bring someone else in, you know. And try to go a different direction because I don't you're you're just not going to go back to because if you're just going to have the same thing eventually. Yeah. You know, now he's proven he can be, you know, a, a somewhat somewhat a quality quarterback, but he's never going to be the guy again. I'm speculating. He's never going to be the guy to really take you the distance. Okay. They kind of know that by now, I would think. So, again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in these next few weeks and months. Uh, because if you have as much turnover as, as you've had from coaches, then, you know, maybe there's less people in the room that support. Yeah, oh, no, man, he's, he's, you know, he can be the guy. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see one who can kind of. Be on that open market, if you will. And then depending on how the cap ends up, who you can really get. And then the bigger question is, when you're talking trading Jared Goff, are teams going like, yeah, yeah, we need that guy? I don't know. I think there's a market out there for him. You do? Oh, yeah. Where? So. Detroit makes, actually makes sense. Detroit? Detroit makes, Detroit makes sense. They got guys that know them. Um, True. They're going to be looking for someone younger. They're, they're going to try and offload Matt Stafford. For sure. The Rams will probably will be willing to send draft, send draft picks there. Matt Stafford, I think, would fit really well with what the Rams want to do. He's a little more mobile than Jared Goff is. He's got a he's got a cannon for an arm. You know, I, we had this big big argument on a, a Facebook group about him and people defending Jared Goff, and I'm just sitting there thinking, listen, if you have a chance to get a guy who like Matt Stafford, who will make his mistakes too, but Matt Stafford's will he's he'll make his reads. He'll 
go the extra mile. He'll tee he'll, in terms of getting an extra inch on a running play that Goff sometimes will and sometimes won't. And I think had the Detroit Lions not been a train wreck for the last decade, Matt Stafford's record there as a starter is a, a lot different. Who he I mean? Megatron retires early. Who else can you really say he's had to back him up? He's had no running game with there in Detroit. A hodgepodge offensive line. And this guy still puts up numbers and still keeps oh. them in games. Absolutely. And, and if you look at, again, you only can do with what you have. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's kind of like Andy Dalton when he was in Cincinnati. Okay, yeah, Andy does some things that you go, okay, what is he doing? He went to Dallas. He played some okay games. And then it's like, yeah, and you, you, I can see maybe why you may need to be in the backup role now. But if you look at Matt Stafford, it's kind of like the Barry Sanders of these centuries, right? Barry was there forever, just doing all kinds of things and just, okay, get to the playoffs, maybe here, maybe there. And that's really it. No chance to ever really win it because you don't have enough pieces around. Detroit, yes. Megatron and Stafford, they had some good runs, but just never could really put it all together. But you put a guy like Matt Stafford with a Coach McVay and what we have here, I think you elevate. Absolutely. And the only thing there is the downside is Matt Stafford is 32 years old. He has had some recent injuries because they beat the crap out of him. There's that risk you take. And, you know, of course, he will cost a little bit less, though, than, say, a Deshaun Watson. Now, I've, I got to tell you, I've loved Deshaun Watson forever a day. And I would, I would, you know, donate a kidney if I happened <laughs> to be a Ram. Okay. Uh, I would be thrilled. But the cost may be too much to get him. Maybe way too much to get him. Although right, I but- think. The, the Texans are probably like, would be a good a good match for Jared Goff, too. But true, but well, I don't know because Deshaun Watson he had to be doing some miraculous scrambling to make some things happen. So I don't know if the line is able to hold up for a guy like that's going to be more of a pocket passer. Having said that, the thing I like you know a little bit about the Stafford situation is okay, he's at the age, but a quarterback, I mean, he's still kind of somewhat in his prime. He got at least good four years left. He'll be 36 then. So they can protect him. Well, I think they can protect him a lot better than he's been protected. So I think again, with what you have here, if you got a guy, again, the Rams are gonna have a timetable. I'm sure they're in there doing their scattergram. Okay, man, next year we're actually gonna be in our real stadium. Cool. Next year, we're going to have less COVID-19 protocol protocols. Cool. Next year, we still have solid line up front. We still got our, our playmakers and receivers. Cool. We got enough here. Now, what can we do in the next four years while this guy is somewhat still in his prime? I think it's a key thing you just said. It. You see what I mean? Well, let's just say it this way. Well, for Jared Goff, you have to answer two questions. Yes. What is his work ethic? Because we've been talking about this for a long time. It's been painfully obvious as you watch him in games. His work ethic in terms of preparation has not been there. And two, play recognition at, play recognition at the line has been problematic for him as well. He does not always 
see the, the blitz coming. He doesn't see where the pressure's coming from. And it gets him. <laughs> that's why he's got so many turnovers. He's trying to make plays. He's trying to make something happen. But he doesn't know where the pressure's coming from. And bam, he's got a turnover coming. So those two things alone, can Jared Goff overcome them? Well, one of them you can. Game prep you can overcome. Yes. The at-the-line recognition sometimes is the question of either you have it or you don't. And that's the question I have. D- does he have it? But, Mike, look at the nucleus of this Rams team. They're all in this age group where basically you'll, you can now see a Super Bowl window if staff is there of three to four years. Right. And then they're going to have to rebuild. So if they go get a Stafford, we know at the end of that three to four years, they're going to have to rebuild. And it's, if they can get a Super Bowl out of it, I'm sure we'd be cool with it. Well, the, think about it. If you're an organization, right, you know that all things don't last forever. But you're going to say, man, these next two or maybe it's three years, we have the best, you know, and they're going to put it in percentage. We have 85% chance to win a Super Bowl in the next three years. And they know already, like, after that, our, our chances are going to go down to 55% or whatever. You know, based on their contracts, obviously injuries always play a, a factor, but all things being equal, if you keep guys healthy, you can keep, keep a main ne- nucleus together, then you can say, yes, before we have to deal with major salary cap things or things like that. Yeah, this next two or three years is our window, given everything, new stadium, obviously you got new coaches, but they're going to have to figure out because the next question you got to ask DC is why is it so easy for coaches to be out of here? You know, we don't really hear about, oh, well, you know, Rams assistant coaches are some of the highest paid in the game. So you stay. Maybe they're lowest paid. Maybe they're, hey, we got a great opportunity for you. You're young. You can be a defensive coordinator. Cool. I'm taking that. You know, but why are all these coaches just like out of here? Like, man, they're like out. It's not even no thought about it. It doesn't seem. So I don't know. Again, do the Rams, you know, say, hold up, man. Let us try to match this. What are they trying to give you? Hey, man, we're going to pay you that to stay. I don't know. It could just be a case like an Aubrey Pleasant's part. Like he, he wants his, he wants to move up the ladder. Maybe in Detroit, he feels like he can move up the ladder there. I would guess the odds are pretty good. He can put the ladder there. Uh, I, when you bring in Raheem Morris, it's kind of a no-brainer to bring him in if you can. He's a he's a a, a commodity that you know is proven. Oh, absolutely. He's up and coming. But by doing that, you just blocked Aubrey, Aubrey Pleasant's path up the ladder, and it makes you wonder what the mentality was behind it. But it could be just that simple. And these are the things that you know the Rams have become kind of Patriots light and they're they do try and keep things in the organization. Even in how they're talking about golf, they're kinda of like really making these offhand remarks about golf. They're not really just talking about it. You know, right. so you just don't know. You don't know what to make of it. But by the end of May we'll know. Oh we'll know. We'll know. It happens every year this way. Yeah. I mean it makes the it makes the offseason more fun. It used to be Man, okay, we know at the end of December, because they're not in the playoffs, (laughs) we'll start thinking about the draft. We know what they need. They'll draft the guys we think they're going to get in terms of positions. No real surprise. Get Sneed and McVay together. All of a sudden, we got trades everywhere. 
weird picks. They don't seem to make sense, and then all of a sudden they do make sense. And then you got something. So I'm not going to, I mean, I say you got to trust the plan. But there's an uphill battle. There's a light in the tunnel. There's options, but how are you going to do two years? Just wrapping it around to the very beginning. How are you going to do two straight seasons having your staff pillaged? Yeah, again, you, you, you're getting some. And, and they're, they're the <laughs> I'm going to say a lot of the glue behind the scene. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's probably the biggest thing is how do you keep that camaraderie and nucleus of, of just togetherness when now you have a different look, you know, and maybe that's why you say, hey, Aubrey, we got to go with a Raheem Morris because he's been there, done that, and he can just keep it rolling with what the defense was doing last year, you know, no slight on you, but I'm I'm sure Aubrey, again, I was in that meeting room you know, two years ago, and and this guy can coach. So I would imagine he's saying, like, really? Okay, I'm cool on Raheem. That might be my boy, but, man, I'm not going to coach with him again. Come on, but, people. You know, I'm going to flip this around, too. Please do. Because, again, I don't see Raheem Morris being in L.A. long. You don't? He's, he'll get in our shopping head coach. I really believe that. If he's successful in L.A., he'll get another shot. And I think that's why they went and got him, by the way. He's a proven commodity. He's a player's guy. You, so you lost Brandon Staley, who was. The, the players loved him. Okay? We all know that. And you got to think Raheem Morris will, will build that same kind of relationship with them as well. If that happens, if they, if they meet the expectations, he's going to be gone again. He won't be there very long. And then, and then at that point, after... Aubrey's got another year of seasoning. I wouldn't be surprised to hear them call him back. They come over to BDC. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, one of the cool things is when you have some guys in your front office, go to another team front office, I don't think you necessarily become adversaries. And so I think we saw that with the Patriots and Niners and some. And even when Matt Patricia went to Detroit, you saw some favorable things to help out the organization. So you would hope that to your point and Matt DC, I'm not even, you know what? You might be on to something. They may make this, this deal like next week, this whole Jared golf, Matthew Stafford thing, because if you're Jared golf, looking at it from his standpoint and you see that your coach says, uh, oh, this dude's got to compete for his job. You see the, the GM say, yeah, we don't know. He's going to have to probably compete for it. You're probably like, man, I probably need a fresh start. You know, maybe I do need to go somewhere else where maybe I'm a little bit further away from family, where maybe that will make him focus a little bit more, you know, get revived. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you just don't know. Again, my thing is I'm just watching him and McVeigh. And it looks like they're trying to, you know, hey, that's my coach. Okay, that's the quarterback. But it's not like you see in the better relationships between coordinators, head coaches, and their quarterback. Yeah, and another thing, too, just look at how McVeigh handled Wolford versus how McVeigh's handled Goff. Yes. And, you know, I'm not going to hold Goff's performance in the, in the last two playoff games against him with the Busted thumb, and I thought a lot of what he did was tough, and 
he earns some respect from me for it. Yeah, but yeah, me too. You know, Wolford himself, he was taking more deep shots in his limited time than Goff had been taking all year, and he was moving around more than Goff. And what we saw, even though the offense wasn't quite there with Wolford, they only got 18 points against the Cardinals. Um, we did see the potential for what the Rams can do with a, a mobile quarterback. We're in that generation, and I really think, you know, something we've talked about before is when you have a pocket quarterback, you have to have a pocket quarterback who's going to be a gunslinger back there, who's going to make the quick decisions, get the ball by as fast as he can, who can make every throw at any given time and face down any kind of pressure and take any kind of risk possible. And Jared Goff has not been able to do that because he can't read everything at the line like he should be. Yeah, and 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 that's what kind of, you know, I'm looking at the Tampa Bay game and I'm going like, <laughs> and maybe I'm a Tom Brady hater at this point, but this is like, come on. How does this guy seem like? But we were breaking it down with some of our, our team earlier in the week uh, just on some key plays. It was a fourth and three. He hits the running back, even though he has two other receivers that are open. But you could tell he already knew. He's like, the highest percentage is I'm going to hit this running back. Whether he's getting tackled or not, he's going to be able to get that half yard or whatever he needs just based on how the route is run. Right? Other guys would have just, no, I'm going to just kind of try to go through reads and all that stuff. His thing is, let me pick up this first down, and then we go from there picks up that first down, and then ends up running out the clock with another big play. But that's a veteran guy. I call it taking what the defense gives him. And to your point, I think that's where Jarrett struggles. He doesn't know like, hey, let's live to play another down. Because how many times we're saying, hey, man, guy was running wide open, man. Why he just didn't dump the bag? Why did he force it in? Why did he take the sack? Why did he, you know? So, yes. I don't know that he has that. You would think that uh, Roger Stafford, not think, you can see that a Roger Stafford uh, uh, is able to do that a lot quicker at the line. Oh, so, I mean, Matt, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the, the movie guy, movie star guy, but Matt. Uh, so it's just some of that is time in the, in the quarterback position. Some of that is from film study. But you have to know like certain things, and I think Bru- Drew Brees does it, as one of the best as well. So you develop that skill over time. And that's what I'm saying. They've been with him and they can tell how much he's progressed from year one to two, two to three, three to four, four to five. And if it's just very minimal, they may be saying, you know what? Good dude, good guy, quality person, all those things. But for what we need to do, he just may may not be able to take us the distance. The thing is this. When it comes to, D- to Detroit, we're going to find out really quick because if they try and sort a deal for Jared Goff, we're going to know how Holmes views him. We're going to know oh, yeah. exactly how he feels about him. And that's going to tell a lot in terms of how other teams view him as well. I would say that there will be a market for him because there are throws he makes that are elite. We've talked about it. This is not a bash Jared Goff thing. This is we have seen a stunting in his development for whatever reason it is. And in that time frame, the Rams are at a point where their core is entering their primes. You gotta go get your Super Bowl. It's gonna be it's it's now or never with that core. 
They're going to develop new cores over time, but this core, this is where you're going to get your Super Bowl. So they have to make a call. They got to make a decision. And they can't really, I don't think they can wait another year on them. They got to make a call. So I don't blame them if they move on from golf. And that's not a trash on golf. Golf may get under a different coach who works with him differently, and we see him become the quarterback we know he can be. Because I believe he can be an elite quarterback in this league. You, we've seen some of his throws, Mike. We've talked about it. We've seen some of the decisions he has made in certain situations. He's capable. He just doesn't always put it together. And a lot of times when he doesn't put it together, it's in the worst possible time when you need him to. And, you know, whatever the Rams decision make, I, I, I think he's gone. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely leaning that way because when you just look at, Again, we're talking about Matt Stafford, but there's a guy, you know, Sam Donald is going to be probably available. And then there's a couple of other guys, far reach of Aaron Donald, not Aaron Donald, but uh, Aaron a Gunslinger from Green Bay. So uh, there are a number of options that could show themselves here in the next few few weeks. But I think you you got a great thing going, and we're going to really have to watch it. With a number of the staff now with Detroit, if something's happened, it's going to happen pretty quick. I think it will happen fairly soon. Fairly soon. They're going to make that call. I mean, you, get, you know these guys are talking behind the scenes. Once things settle, it's off. Yes. And yeah. it's, it's January 27th. The new, league, the new league year starts, what, early March? But these teams yes. start talking as soon as the Super Bowl is over. You know, a lot of these trades are announced before the Super Bowl is even really dead and done, you know. So we'll find out. All right, so there you go, folks. A lot to talk about. We did, I thought we did a pretty good job getting about 45 minutes. As we roll things up, we do want to say thank you for another season here with us. We got a lot more planned, a nice big offseason. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think. And we also, our editor, Johnny, wanted us to put it out there as well. Hey, we need some writers. We need some writers. We need some folks to come on staff and talk about where the Rams are going for the draft and so on and so forth. So if you're interested, reach out to us at RamsTop1945 at gmail.com. Meanwhile, follow us on Twitter at TalkRams. You can follow Mike on Twitter at OneDuke23. You can find me on Twitter at DCApollo. And until next time, We're out of here. Take care. We're out of here.